Hello and welcome to the Green Techpreneur podcast. In this episode, I'll be speaking to Gordon Glenister. He's a membership and influencer marketing expert and the author of the Influencer Marketing Strategy Book. He's also an influencer columnist for the London Evening Standard. Influencer marketing was a $16.4 billion industry in 2022, and it's estimated that the global influencer marketing market will reach over 84 billion by 2028. So today we'll share some tips for how climate tech businesses can successfully work with influencers. And we'll look at when it makes sense for a business to use an influencer for a guerrilla marketing approach and when it might be better not to engage an influencer. Gordon, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. Um, let's start with looking at some of the basics. What is an influencer? Well, interesting question. I've been asked that many, many times. And of course, <laughs> um, you know, when you ask some people in the street, um, because they've been subject to a lot of, of, of media, um, you know, sometimes people look at it and think, oh, it's very much social media. It's a, it's an Instagrammer and it's a, it's a young girl, maybe. Um, but there is a difference between the word influencer. And of course, you know, influencer as a subject has been around since time began. You know, we've been influencing all sorts of people uh, in our lives. In fact, we are all uh, influences in some shape or form, whether you're a parent or whether or not you're a teacher, uh, a doctor, true. a journalist, um, an industry expert. But for the purposes of this area, I think probably um, now when I, I my definition is is really an individual who can affect the change in behavior of others, mm -hmm. often through trusted opinion, knowledge and content creation. Um, that's really how I would best sum it up, because at the end of the day, you want to affect change. There's no point in just putting up you know, loads of pictures and images on social media, because if actually people aren't reacting to them, then you haven't really influenced them. Yeah. Mm -hmm um so um yeah it's been and of course there's two divisions there's the b to c sector business yeah. to consumer uh influencer and there's also an growing part of that uh, space is the b to b so business influencers mm -hmm. you know we've seen that and you know you could even say the environment and climate change and, and fintech and you know financial uh, influencers are very different to what you may have perceived as the typical um beauty vlogger or um, yes. youtuber yeah yeah i mean they're really it's it's across every industry nowadays I, I like what you said how it's not just about putting stuff up on social media but it's actually you know do people engage watch follow and listen to what that you know that person or that influencer is is saying um 100%. so could you give us some advice on what to look out for when deciding whether or not an influencer is the right fit for your business? Well, first and foremost is um, if you've not done this before, um, there's a lot to be said for uh, trialing, try small, um, you know, try working with maybe one or two in a small way just to get a feel for it. And um, you're dealing with an individual, a human being. You're not dealing with a television advert or a radio play. So for me, a lot of it's about building relationships with those individuals. Uh, and that's why I think people often come a cropper is they think, well, actually, let's just use a spray, spray and pray. If I send enough 
emails to enough people, then mm -hmm. some of them are going to react. The worst thing you can ever say is the word uh, hello influencer. You will get a zero response from that. <laughs> um, but, but, but I think I think just to just to summarize a few points, um, shared values, you know, what's important to your business and do that, does that reflect well in the type of content that you're seeing from that individual? Um, another thing to look for, although you may not be able to see this at first glance, is the level of engagement. Uh, in other words, how responsive are they to their followers um, and what sort of reaction? Are they good at creating a conversation uh, and growing their audience? Um, so typically, um, you know, if you found an ideal match you'd, and you want to try and work with an influencer, um, the first thing you should do before ever engaging them is ask for their media deck, which is equivalent to a CV. Uh, you want to know um, how they've grown their audience, what their level of engagement is, what type of campaigns they've worked on before. You know, last thing you want to do is work with an influencer who's working with all of your competitors day in, day out. Mm -hmm. That's not really going to make you feel special within yeah. your own um, within your own brands. So, you know, understand what sort of success criteria you want, mm -hmm. but also what the influencer wants as well. There's a reason we use the word collabs or collaboration, mm. because that's exactly what it is. It's about actually uh, joining at the hip, because there's two things an influencer wants, is reward and recommend, recompense for the work that they've done, and also anything that sustains and grows their audience. So if you can create and help them with exclusive content, opportunities to come to your events before the, before the rest of your visitors do, um something where you could bring them onto a panel um or something like that you know all of those types of things mm. um and and then lastly i would say when you're you have decided on the type of person that you want to work with do not just send them that sort of hello influencer uh post start to comment and like on their own posts so for example if i wanted to reach out to you before I before we knew each other, I, what I might do is start to like and comment on some of your posts, maybe a couple of times. And then when I've reached out to you, I can make reference to exactly that. So it doesn't look like it's blank. I have a genuine interest in what you're doing. And I think what I've got aligns well with what you've got. So I, I like what you're saying, which is to approach it, you know, not as a business transaction, but as a, a sort of longer term relationship mutually beneficial you know business relationship uh yes. with this person who who you're engaging to help you promote your your own business um what type uh what types of marketing campaigns most benefit from using influencers um well i mean obviously some of the it depends on the type of brand you know if you're looking for example to work in the financial space perhaps uh, or in the B2B space, you might be looking at, you know, doing some activations on LinkedIn and Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, often it's co-created content. For example, I write reports for, and you know, I did one recently for the UK rail industry for a German brake brand. 
Mm -hmm. um, and, and what I did is I interviewed a number of other influencers specifically uh, for the rail industry. And then I weaved the company's product into that so that it was a really uh, interesting piece of content that people would then want to know and download far greater than anything like a company report or a brochure might be because you've got thought leadership and opinion from people in your target audience mm. um so um you can get um pod, you you're working with influencers that have their own podcasts or inviting them onto your podcast is another good way um so uh and, and also obviously the most common one is is videos either on youtube so sponsored posts sponsored videos um, that sort of thing can work really well. Competitions and contests um, are great things. Um, TikTok has been very successful with challenges, for example. Um, and, um, you know, anything where there's a sense of momentum and where, the, you, you know, it encourages others to get involved. Um, other things that work well are tutorials. Uh, education sessions for example in the beauty sec section you'll often sector rather uh, you'll often see um you know beauty doing doing tutorials and and showing you applying the makeup and what it is and the effects so these type of re review content can be really really successful um what else social media takeovers so for example again if you're really new to this why don't you hire an influencer to be a work with you on the campaign because they know their audience as much as you. So, uh, you, and then you can actually see exactly what they're doing, how they're growing it. And after they've done their stint, you know, you've got some really great tips and ideas. Mm. So, so let's say for a climate tech startup that is, you know, just starting to rev up either it's crowd fundraiser or it's marketing. Um, would you say, what what would be the the end results to look out for? So so let you know. Let's say I want to engage uh, three influencers to help raise awareness, sell a product, or raise funds. Um, I, I I've selected you know these three people who have a target audience that's similar to the audience that I want to reach, and uh, we agree to do a number of you know a social media campaign or a number of articles. And what would be the results that I would look at afterwards to to help judge whether or not that was a success? So, so the first and first most important thing to that is is setting your goals objectives right at the start because you can only measure what you've um, what what goals you've set and they need to be obviously realistic. What I would say is that you don't just select the influencers and then pretty much give them the brief and off they go. What I would say is involve them in what you're trying to do. Uh, in, in terms of your ideal outcome so that it's a collaborative end result um yeah. you know influencer marketing is not a silver bullet you know you know no. sometimes people that that think oh great i'm gonna i'm gonna work with this influencer and you know suddenly um you know pennies from heaven are gonna come down you know yes, it's yeah. not the case because their audience don't know your brand and that is why long-term partnerships can be a really effective way to engage with with influencers so setting the right goals uh, is important um and uh you know coming up with uh, ideas almost like a brainstorm meeting with these individuals um mm -hmm. is highly uh suggested uh in in my opinion um 
and um you know what what you can do i think again don't expect things overnight no, i think no, actually no. what you can if, if this is what's great about video content it can be longer you know people keep seeing it you know mm-hmm. um have you noticed the way posts really gather momentum they might start small and then they grow and they grow and they grow absolutely uh, like, like you know, this podcast <laughs> yeah absolutely you know, download start small and then every single month you know you get more and more gradually more and more downloads yeah so so what can you bring to the party as a brand what Mm -hmm. can you do to help the influencer with that type of the more you brief them and help them with the um with the, your market and your area, the, the, the better. Um, I mean, it's almost like you wouldn't hire a salesperson and say, they go off, you go on Monday morning and do your best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would you would properly brief them on what it is you're trying to do. Um, you know, if you've got some stats, you know, I'll tell you something that Oxfam did a little while ago. I interviewed somebody from Oxfam um, and they used influencers, uh, funny enough, didn't pay them, um, interesting enough, because no. they, they have a policy of not paying influencers. They don't, you know, but that, you know, what they were very keen to do is to make sure they, they serve that second tick. So they brought them to their one of their big hub centers, their sort of their their superstore, um, and they showed them the entire back office system of what they do when the clothes come in, their recycling center. They they gave them almost a complete behind the scenes experience. And that got huge amounts of engagement on the influencers content, but obviously also on the Oxfam's engagement as well. So in terms of return on objective. It it did it multiple times, wow. but they, that's because yeah. both sides really thought about what they were trying to do. So I believe in this immersive content. You know, is there some you're talking about climate change? Mm-hmm. Um, taking them to um, could you go somewhere together? I know that this has happened before, where people have flown influencers to Iceland or somewhere, and and actually done the content right there and then. So, you know, really think about, you know, the impact that you really want from this. So you can do some really great things with influencers. Also, if you're going to do something like, let's just say, Iceland, um, you're there for the weekend. You know, you're looking after them. The chances of you getting a better deal and creating multiple levels of 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 content that can be replicated over time is definitely possible. But also... How about um, the influencers content being used on your own website, on your own social channels? Uh, I mean, we've we've started to see lots of influencer content appear on bus shelters, on taxi media, Mm -hmm. uh, on cinema ads, you know, all manner of other content. The only thing I would say is that's very important that you are upfront and get that clearly defined, which is why you need a proper brief, but it's why you also need a contract um, to work with. So everybody's clear about what's expected from your side and that of the influencer. Thanks. I, I think you sh- you just shared a whole bunch of fantastic ideas, actually, that are going to really inspire the listeners. I I, I love that the idea of taking someone behind the scenes. You can do that in so many different ways, right? Uh, as, as a business, and you know, the, the person could be there speaking to, watching, you know, speaking to your your customers, your your coworkers, or just just doing a day in the life with you and getting a great idea of the impact your your company is having and you are having and then relaying that in a way that is you know that that the company that couldn't necessarily do itself 
Yeah, and, um, and, and I so think don't, that... don't, 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 just don't always think about oh, um, um, like transactional. Um, should I employ an influencer for one post? You know, yeah. think about the bigger picture about what you're trying to do here, and um, be creative, but also involve them. You know, think about how can I help you. Um, you know, we are a startup, we don't have huge amounts of money, but what I could do is I have this, and I have that, and I have this. And the influencer yeah. may say, wow, that's super cool. Um, yeah. I could do some really good things with that, you know? And, and again, you touched on, you know, two really important points. One is the long-term relationship that when you have a, an influencer has a niche audience, which is obviously going to be smaller than mainstream media. Uh, so doing a one-off post may not be super beneficial, but do, having a longer term engagement with them, right, where over a period of time, their audience, you know, who who is engaged, knows, likes and trusts that influencer is actually getting to know, like and trust you. That's that that's that's more of the, the way to go. And then the yes. other thing that you mentioned is that it's not a silver bullet. And I think this is really important to bring up because something that I hear quite often, uh, you know, from companies is that. They, um, th this is more when it comes to traditional media or PR that they say they feel like they're spending a lot of money on PR and they don't know what results they're getting. Um, and there's very often this expectation, I'm going to invest X amount and this is the ROI, you know, that I'm going to get back in terms of leads and increased business. And um, there's, there's, you know, brand awareness, <laughs> which is very hard to measure, right? There, there's, there's an element of influence, which is very hard to measure. And um, so I, I just wanted to bring that point up, because it's something I hear very, very often from yeah. businesses, and that it's not a silver bullet for all of your business development and sales needs, it can't necessarily always be measured in terms of I'm going to invest X amount of money and immediately see this ROI because th there are some elements of brand visibility and marketing that you can't just measure in terms of ROI. So, um, but uh, on that note, um, something I, I also want to add is that I, I think it's a, it's a fantastic alternative for more of a guerrilla marketing approach where you can actually have a relationship with the person who's helping to promote you. It's not uh, you know, and you'll probably end up paying a lot less than what you would if you were engaging a PR company and trying to get this media coverage and hoping that that one article that you might get, you know, somewhere is going to work wonders for your brands. I think if you look at it in terms of value and where, especially as a startup where, where you've got to be a bit careful with how you spend your money, I, I do think, uh, inf you know, using influencers who have a smaller niche audience, there's a more personal relationship, just makes a lot more business sense. Um, yeah, all right. that's, what we call uh, nano, that's what we call nano influencers as well. Those people that have got between one and 10,000 followers, for, for example. Yes. But um, one thing I would just want to add to what you've just said is be very mindful of the follower relevance to the to the subject matter. Yes. You know, for example, if you if you're talking about a client, somebody that's talking about climate change, yes. um, amazing. But how many of those people following are super interested in that rather than just casually looking at their type of content? You know, so for me, it's the and that is another reason why there are lots of influencer platforms and agencies that specialize in the data analytics of those followers. So you can find out, for example, the age demographic of the followers, where they're located in the world, um, what their interests are. So you can actually have somebody that's got 50,000 followers that has a lower level of relevance to somebody that has just 2000 followers.
Absolutely. And and yeah, I was just going to ask you, what are some pitfalls to, to look out for? And I think you've just answered that question. Um, yeah, really, you know, look into the, the relevance of their followers, right, where they're coming from. And it's not all about numbers. It's about quality. Yeah. And, yeah. and also stuff like fake followers. Um, you you know, there yeah. are unfortunately there's some rogue rogue companies out there that are very keen to help service growth quickly and easily um and then some people do fall for that because they think actually if i buy ten thousand followers or ten thousand views it's going to make me look good no it isn't no um, actually and also there are influencer platforms out there that spot those uh, blacklist people so you could actually find that it does you more damage than harm you know what i would say is you know slow consistent growth in your and in, in relevance in your content um it, it no, it's hard don't get me wrong it's hard to build an instagram right now than it ever was before mm. but all i would say is you know if you are consistent in your posting if you use reels and video content um in particular you bring your authentic self to the channel so people can really feel and engage we engage with emotion more than any other attribute so if you can really feel that with your with your customers uh, or your target prospects that you give a damn about this subject um and then you you use some really good video and the thing about climate change is affecting all of us so it has the impact to be very emotional you know when you start to see i mean I, I'll, I'll tell you who influences me i know it's a question you were going to ask but you know <laughs> my, my 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 biggest influencer ironically is sir david attenborough Oh, wow. He, he, he has always been there from the very start. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because when I saw some of those, you know, life on earth programs and particularly the more the planet ones where they did the making of the see how popular those making of videos were. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, huge people just love the way they captured the moment of the um all the, all the flamingos together or where the ice packs all went down they would have waited those film crews waited ages and ages and ages but the value of that content was so good and of course the most the most momentic momentous thing was the was the uh, turtle um in the sea with the net all around it and all of those particles that was a that was an influence on an epic level about what we've got to do around uh, climate change. So he has to be and always will be my, my number one um, influential person. Yeah, I, I think that the ability to use, um, you know, our articles are important, but, you know, in, in, in a multimedia world, podcasts, videos, photos, those are ways to really grab emotion as well, right? And, and just draw the draw the audience in, in, in a bigger way. And, and like you said, it's, it's those moments, those images, those metaphors that, that actually grab emotion in some way that are, are what are going to create that influence. And um, there are, there, there are so many examples, thankfully of people like David Attenborough who, who have actually gone out there and used their influence in a way to create, you know, massive um, change and, that's what we need is is everybody, I suppose, working together, <laughs> building yeah. a network, right, of, was, of influence that each one of us is, is influencing someone else in, in one way or another. But um, I just want to ask you, do you have a favorite quote or motto? Uh, I do. Um, a brand is what somebody says about you when you're not in the room. 
it's something I say all of the time. So, um, it, you know, I think all I would say is, is deliver content based upon what you know works, not what you think works. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you one little last tip for anybody listening here. Um, before you really start to accelerate your content plan for 2023, go and have a look at 10 of your competitors that are in a similar uh, sphere or industry to you. And go and look at the last 10 posts, whatever channel you want, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, whatever of those, and have a look at the type of content and note down what reaction they're getting in terms of likes, comments, whatever. Yeah. And put that into an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, and do that with so 10 posts with 10 people. So you actually have 100 pieces of insight. Mm -hmm. What that will then look, you'll be able to look at. So, for example, number one person has got a great post, three, four, and eight. They used a stat. They used a video. They used a comment. They did this. They did that. Whatever it is, yeah, so that you can actually put that together. That is the equivalent of putting a load of stuff into a washing machine <laughs> and then <laughs> actually bringing out some new clothes. That new clothes will be maybe 10 pieces of insight that is really effective uh, in driving your content strategy forwards. Therefore, that will be the, the, um, the start base for what you want to do moving forward. Thanks. That's a fantastic piece of advice, I think, for, for creating, you know, creating content and looking at what, what is actually really, really working. Um, if you could teleport yourself into the future and be anywhere, doing anything, where would you be and why? Oh, my goodness. Um, where would I be? Um, I don't know. I, I've always, somebody said to me many, many, many years ago when I was in my early 20s, I should be, I should have been on the stage. Yeah. Mm. And I, and I love presenting i talking but i've never worked in theater or in a, on a film and i'm getting closer and closer to that space now oh, really than I've ever <laughs> done before i've made my first documentary film wow. which was which was in portuguese and uh, admittedly i i wasn't necessarily the driver i was one of the the persons being interviewed but you know i was a key component and a, a big part of that documentary mm -hmm. um so i think I think it's going to be something in television or in film, you know, and I'm, you know, I've, I've only got a few years left now, so I just need to make sure that if I do do that, and I, I don't know why, but I'm a lot of people when they speak, when they talk to me or, or listen to my podcast, they say that, um, you know, I'm either charismatic, entertaining or, or inspiring in some way, which uh, I don't say that they say that. So in a way that's really nice for people to see that so maybe just sharing that on a wider stage I guess great well keep me posted <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and uh, I'll be one of your audience <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you so much all right uh, well well thank you for joining us Gordon it was really great to have you on the podcast my pleasure really nice to see you thank you